KYW Original Podcasts. This is KYW In Depth. I'm Tim Jimenez. So, you know, during the pandemic, you try to find things to watch, you try to find things to occupy your time. And my wife turned on this show called Floor is Lava on Netflix. So we started to watch it, and we kept watching it. We binged the whole season, 10 episodes. And doing some research, find out that the person who came up with this, her name is Megan McGrath, she's from our area, and she went to Temple University. So found a way to reach out to her, had the interview set up, we talked about her career, the show, and some behind-the-scenes details about the show that were pretty cool to hear about. Thanks, Megan. Uh, First, we'll talk about your local ties. Uh, What's your Philadelphia area connection? Yeah, so I grew up in Boyertown, Pennsylvania, our yard is sort of the split between Berks and Montgomery County. So I grew up in Boyertown and then I ended up at Temple University for college. Great. And that took you to LA eventually? Yeah. So I, I majored at Temple in broadcast telecom. Uh, you know, I, I went in thinking that I wanted to do TV news and be a producer, a news producer. And then sort of like right before graduation, probably like a week before I graduated, I had this epiphany where I was like, maybe I don't want to do news. Maybe I want to do more of the entertainment sort of side of television. So really the only options for entertainment TV and this kind of work is New York or LA. And as a Philly girl, I couldn't do New York. So I picked LA. Plenty of transplants there. So you're not alone. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot of Temple grads out here in the, in the industry too. It's a nice little uh, community. And, and now, you know, I guess fast forward, and here we are. Uh, this is a show, Floor is Lava. This is a game so many of us played as children. Uh, how did this all get started? What was the beginning like for Floor is Lava? Yeah, so I, you know, I'm the VP of development at Haymaker. Uh, we are a production company. We have an office in LA and an office in New York. And my job is really to come up with TV shows. So, we do everything from docu-series to dating shows, game shows. My heart and my head sort of go towards game shows and big formats. I love challenge competition series and dating shows and game shows like this, sort of silly, shiny floor, you call it, game shows. Um, so I'm constantly looking around and seeing what's happening, what the trends are online and on Twitter and on Reddit and doing some deep dives into like the pop culture world and seeing what is happening. So I look to that. And then I also look to my own life and I was remembering playing floor is lava as a kid in Boyertown with my brother, uh, in our bear, in our basement. And then also on the playground at our elementary school, we would play the wood chips, are lava. Um, so I had that memory and I was sort of like, Oh, this could be a really interesting game show we need to supersize it, you know, imagining that the floor is lava would not make a good game show. Flooding a room with a hundred thousand gallons of lava would make a good game show. So we sort of supersized it and went from there. Wow. So what's production? Like, obviously we see this and it's so elaborate and you you mentioned all that lava. Uh, What's production like of putting all that together? Yeah, it was a challenge for sure. Um, you know, we, pitched it originally around to a bunch of different networks as we always do. We sort of take everything everywhere that it makes sense. And the feedback that we got initially was that it is a great idea, but it seems impossible. Um, So we sort of took that and we're like, no, we're going to prove you wrong. It is possible. We'll figure it out. And it was 
a challenge. Um, none of our, none of the studio spaces in LA were open to us filming there because lava is heavier than water. Uh, and nobody wanted a hundred thousand gallons of lava on their stuff and it's understandable. So we were striking out left and right as far as studio spaces go. And we ended up finding an old abandoned Ikea building in Burbank. Um, so we shot there in an old Ikea building, I guess like where you, where the self-service area is. Uh, we sort of ripped out all the racks and built our set in that room. Um, but we had the whole building. So we had a casting department upstairs and, you know, where the kids play was the challenge room. And it was, it was, it ended up being a great space for us, but it was definitely sort of a challenge to get there. And you have all these different sets or one set that's transformed into all these different uh, locations. Yeah. Yeah. So we have, there are 10 episodes and we have five different rooms. So we, we run through each room twice. The second round of the room is like sort of like a level two where it's a little harder and things are maybe booby trapped and there's tools are taken away from the team. So it makes it more difficult. Um, but you see each room twice. Yeah. So we had five different, uh, big giant sets. Do you have a particular favorite of yours? It's so funny. Everyone keeps asking. I, I personally love sort of the more whimsical and weird rooms. I loved the planetarium. I loved the basement sort of antiquities room. Um, that had the Easter Island heads and the Egyptian pyramid. Like I, I tend to like that over the top kind of stuff, but then we had a kitchen and a bedroom and you know, those are cool too. It's like, that is a little more nostalgic the way you maybe played when you were a kid, uh, in your own living room or your own kitchen on the bar stools on the countertops. So yeah, it's hard to say. I think I lean more towards the whimsical rooms, but I love them all. Sure. The spinning bed always makes me dizzy, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I know. It makes me dizzy even just looking at it. So being on it is intense. And the contestants, how do you find, uh, obviously everyone seems so entertaining and so into it. Uh, how do you find uh, such a great group of contestants? Well, we had a really, really fantastic casting department. Um, you know, they, the contestants signed up and didn't actually know what they were signing up for. They knew that it was a physical challenge game show. Uh, we, I think we went out to people with the name devil's run at first because floors lava is so, like, gets such a, such a visceral reaction from people. Everybody knows what it is immediately. So we didn't want people to know exactly what we were doing. So we called it devil run devil's run. Um, we were looking for teams of three. We want people who had this sort of pre-existing relationship and would work well together, but also had big personalities and were fun and would really sort of just like go for it in the room because it is campy and silly and over the top. So we were looking for people who had a tendency to lean that way. And yeah, they did a really, really good job with the casting. I mean, we have, it's so diverse from the from a mom with her twins to firefighters to girls who played basketball together to retail co-workers youth pastors like we have a whole sort of realm of people with these relationships um and yeah i mean the the big thing was people who were who had big personalities who were fun tied together in this weird way and would sort of just be all in. So the show, obviously you produced it, you know, it's filmed and everything. So 
the it's time for it to come out. What's your anticipation? You know, before it was actually premiered on Netflix, and then when you saw the reaction, what what were you thinking? Yeah, it's been it's been a really long, long process. So you know, it's probably been two years start to finish of us coming up with the idea. You know, I came up with the idea. I brought it to my boss, Irad Eyal, who is the owner of Haymaker, and we developed it together and then took it out. So from that very beginning moment to now, it's been probably two full years. So it's been a long ride, but we didn't know what to expect. I mean, we thought it was funny. I watched all the cuts and, you know, throughout the notes process, we were in hysterics. Um, you, it's, we don't take it seriously. The show doesn't take itself seriously. So it's like, it's just so over the top. It's sort of hard to be critical of it. So I hoped for the best, but you know, this industry is so difficult and things come out and die quickly or don't even make a blip on the radar. So I try never to get my hopes up, but we, I, I was, I was cautiously optimistic, but I think the environment that it came out in is, you know, just added fuel to the fire. Like the world is so scary and so dark and really terrible things are happening. Uh, families are cooped up inside and quarantined together and bored and are looking for something that'll make them laugh and we fill that void. So I think, you know, it's not enough just to have a really great idea and have it executed really well. It also is about timing and the environment that it comes out in. Obviously a couple of questions come to mind, you know, first of all, and I know you're, you may not answer this because it's top secret. What, what's the lava made out of? Yeah, I can't tell you. Um, I can tell you that it's very slippery uh, the contestants have maintained throughout the whole season that it is hot um, and it's a proprietary blend. We're, we're sworn to secrecy. You know, we went to sort of Hollywood's biggest slime goop makers. They did the stuff for Ghostbusters and Alien and movies like that. So we went to them and told them what we wanted to do. And we were the biggest order of any sort of substance like that, that they've ever had. Uh, you know, we had, I think over a hundred thousand gallons, the tank held a hundred thousand gallons. So we had a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of slime. Of course. Uh, no problem. I understand. Uh, you have to keep that secret. And, and when people fall in, obviously it's this big dramatic thing and it looks like they are just, just being sucked into the, the earth. Uh, what, happens to them. I don't know if you can tell me that, but what happens to them? Well, I also can't really tell you that. I mean, the truth is that it's just magical. Um, I love, love, love seeing the conspiracy theories online about what people think happens when they fall in. We're really adamant about that from the beginning, that once you're in, you're out. You know, once you fall into the lava, you're gone forever. And uh, I think it really ups the, you know, the tension of the show in general, it feels like the stakes are really high. You know what they're playing for $10,000 and the volcano of victory, which is a really sweet lava lamp. Um, but the tension of, if you fall in, you're just gone forever, I think makes it even more fun. So I don't know where they go. That's the answer. I don't know where they go, but they all are begging to come back and play again. They've been emailing me for a month straight asking to come back. They, you know, this when they're watching it on Netflix, this is the first time that they've seen the other rooms. 
So, you know, people who played the planetarium are like, Hey, I want to do the bedroom. I could do those spinny stools, which by the way, I don't think anybody could do the spinny stools. They were the spinny stools of death, but, um, yeah, they're all alive and well and want to come back and play. Sure. And the pyramid also is impossible. I don't think you can, you can't do it. Oh, I know. (laughs) No, you can do it. You can do it. It's interesting the the lack of teamwork in those rooms you can definitely do it. You need help. You need somebody to sort of brace you as you come across onto that, uh, either the obelisk or that cart, um, the Ark of the Covenant. But, you know, you can do it. They just didn't do it right. Okay. And you mentioned them wanting to come back. But season two, obviously, the pandemic and things in terms of producing and stuff like that, I'm sure things are on hold or at least weird. But uh, season two, is that coming up is that something you look look forward to yeah we would love to do it i mean we haven't heard anything official from netflix you know we have we have big hopes and dreams for season two we want to do redemption runs for the people who died in the in the first season we want to do all stars we would love to do a kids version you know celebrities have been reaching out and posting about it on twitter and instagram and we'd love to do a celebrity version so you know we would love it uh we don't know yet. Netflix has, you know, their own proprietary sort of formula of what means a show is doing well. So I would just encourage everyone to watch all of it, all 10 episodes. Uh, that's how they'll know that you like it and that you want to see more of it. And then hopefully, fingers crossed, we get to make more because it was so, so much fun to make. Right. And finally, you know, when you think back to your temple days or even, your, you know, growing up in Boyertown, did you, could you even imagine something like this? you being a part of and creating and it becoming a kind of a pop pop culture type of hit. Never. I mean, I, like I said, I thought for a long time that I was going to be doing news. I interned at PHL 17 and at the NBC affiliate in Philadelphia, uh, NBC 10 with Ed Dress. Shout out to Ed Dress. Um, I thought I was going to be doing news. Uh, so no, I never, never imagined that I would even live in LA, let alone be creating game shows that my eight-year-old self would kill to be on but it's been a fun ride it's you know I sort of fell into development um I didn't even know what it was when I got out here so the past I don't even know eight years have been a wild ride and I've worked on some really cool shows and this takes the cake for me it's been a really fun one great Megan anything else you want to add oh I don't know yeah, keep watching, keep posting about it, share with your friends. Uh, you know, it's a really fun show for the whole family. Uh, we've been getting a ton of people sending pictures and videos of their kids screaming at the TV and then playing afterwards. So I keep saying, you know, it it counts as screen time, but it also, you know, inspires creative play for kids, which I know is a difficult combo to to achieve. So we love seeing families playing together and laughing together, especially in this sort of uncertain time. Uh, It's just been fun to see it unite people in this really bizarre, funny way across the world, really. I mean, we are in every territory that has Netflix. So people have been posting from all over. That's it for this episode of KYW In-Depth. You can listen and subscribe to the podcast on the Radio.com app or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. I'm Tim Jimenez, and we'll have another episode out soon.